Hey everyone, it's Adam here. Um, so this is a Spinning Spokes episode seven, I think, and we're gonna have with me today Jesse and Scott, who are um, members of the NHVT Central Writers Group on Adventure Writer. Um, I met them a few years ago. They're great guys, and I'm only doing this intro because um, when they join, it's gonna feel a little bit awkward for the first ten minutes because they're what had happened was. I, we talked for 15 minutes and then I realized I wasn't recording. So, um, I started recording about halfway into Jesse's wilderness first aid story. And then I asked him to repeat the first 15 minutes at the end of our podcast. So I'm terribly sorry about this. It's just, uh, you know, just didn't press the record button and probably won't be the last time that I do this. So enjoy the episode and, uh, sorry again, but I think there's still some good stuff here. Um, let's, let's go over to, uh, episode six. This is Adam here. I'm here with Jesse and Scott. Sorry for the background noise, but we're, we've been drinking a little bit. Uh, it will subside a little bit. So kind of spoiler alert, we're recording this after the episode because I didn't hit the record button. So we're going to try make a round two at this. The story won't be as good because you're repeating yourself, but, um, maybe I can have Jesse go first and Scott, so you know their voices and, uh, I always start with your first writing story, but if you want to tell a different story this time, feel free. Oh no, I like the first story. Okay. So this is Jesse. I um my I grew up in Canaan, New Hampshire, and I was never allowed to have a bike. My parents were hippies and flower children, and that was a dangerous thing. Same as I wasn't allowed to have a gun, you know, or a BB gun or anything. Really? So okay. yeah, oh no. All right. I mean, they didn't grow up in that culture. They were yep. from Boston and New York, yeah, so yep, it just wasn't part yep. of the culture. So but growing up in Canaan, there was the uh, off-road track, and it's actually still there. It's the Canaan Motocross track. Lions so, Club. Yeah, the Lions Club mm-hmm. track. Oh, best fries. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it always comes back to food. So we'd go up there and watch the off-road races all the time. Um, but I was never allowed to have a motorcycle. I had BMX bikes, and we'd build jumps, and, you know, we'd, we'd ride our bikes all over the place. But uh, the first motorcycle I ever owned, I was probably 11 or 12 years old, and I bought some totally roached out toasted off-road bike with knobbies that had been rattle can painted and <laughs> abandoned somewhere. I got it for five bucks at a yard $5. sale. Five dollars. $5. That's a- Pushed the thing home on flat tires mm-hmm. and just took it apart. I had no no pretensions of actually ever riding the thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I uh, that was my first motorcycle. And when you say five dollars, you weren't you're not 110 years old where five dollars was like worth 500. No, <laughs> no, this was this was, was 80, steal. 81, 82. Yeah. You know, it was just a you know piece of junk bike. I mean, mm-hmm. looking back at it, it's probably some Yamaha high pipe scrambler or something like yeah. that. TT but I had something. right, and you know, I had no idea of you know two stroke, four stroke, or yeah. anything like that. I just you know, it was a motorcycle, and I owned it. Yeah. You know, after that, you know, flash forward probably 20 years, you know, my kids are young and um, I bought a 83 Kawasaki KZ 550 LTD and that was my first actual street bike. But I was, I rode street bikes for 20 years before I ever started riding off road. How many bikes have you owned? Oh, gosh. I I couldn't, I couldn't. If you ask me. Well, I I mean, 20, 20, 22, 23 bikes. I I'd, I'd turn over. Um, so once I first started riding, I would buy barn finds. I would get mm-hmm. old toasted bikes, and somebody would sell it to me for a couple hundred bucks, and I'd fix it up and turn it over and 
sell it for a few hundred more than I bought it for. And yeah. that's how I funded my motorcycling for a long time. I found up here in, in New England, northern New England where we live, there's a ton of those barn finds. Where, oh, yeah, they're everywhere. You know, that the, the stopped riding 15 years ago. I had a kid 15 years ago. It's just right. been sitting in the barn. Right. If you want it, it's 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Take out it. west is a lot of barn finds, too. Oh, yeah. Valuable yeah. barn finds, you know, because in the up here it's... They're the toasted. Meat. They're yeah. toasted. Or rusty. You know, they're rusty. The and, you, know, for a reason. you find a barn find exactly. in Ohio, it's a lot, you know, it's in right. better shape in than Mexico a barn find in, yeah. you know, yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that's how I funded my riding. I had a the most exciting bike I ever had. It was a CBR 1000, an 80, 88 CBR 1000, all black <clears> and red. And mm. that was an amazing machine. Mm-hmm. But it was only about six years ago that I got into off road riding. So what did that rev to, by the way, the CVR? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Nine thousand. Yeah, no, not, because it was a 1,000, it wasn't that high. Mm. Um, but it was, boy, it was fast. I mean, I just, you know, it's it's that kind of fast where you crank on the throttle and you better be hanging on or it's going to, your gas is going to be, yeah, the definitely. bike's going to be gone and you're going to be rolling along the road behind it. <laughs> you know, you better lean into it when you gas it and be yeah. leaning on the front wheel or it's yeah. going to get away from you. <laughs> You know, like but it Bronco. was it was fun. It was it was not a sport bike. It was it was much more of a sport tour, a straight line fun. You know, it was not a six hundred. It was not a super sport. Um, but it was it was definitely the fastest bike I've ever. Oh, that Kawasaki Ninja H two, which is like twenty eight thousand dollars. It's a supercharged yeah. Toy oh, yeah. Ninja. Yeah. And I s- yeah, I see sport bikes today, and I'm like, I, I really want a sport bike too. <laughs> I, I want one. Really? Yeah, we, you and I did Taylor Dragon. What were we talking about? Yeah. I want a sport bike. Let's come back on sport bikes. I know. But you're not talking about like an SV650. You're talking like a proper track bike. I'm talking about a proper sport track bike, yeah. Like an R1. Yeah, I mean, I, I like want a, I've got an enduro bike. I really want to get a motocross bike because I think I might want to try motocross. Yeah. And yeah, at I 50. Want, yeah. At, I know, good thinking. 50 years old. And then I'd like a, uh, a good dual sport, and I've got a street bike, so if yeah. I want, uh, you know. That's five, a good, five that's a, the magic that's a good opportunity to introduce, yeah. introduce Scott, so Scott, you've already started, but I know I've already tell, started. Tell so us a good my story. first bike was a my parents rode Suzuki Rovers. Like I said, anyone my age would remember what a Suzuki Rover was. So it's like a the, it's like the first TW two hundred, and it was my I, I cut my teeth on my mom's ninety. It was a two stroke banana seat, big old thing. But then my dad bought me my first bike, which was the XR eighty, mm-hmm. and I beat that thing to death. And that was the last bike he ever bought me. So after that, I was on my own. But I did. I think I had after that. I had a. I had a neighbor who was, who had a lot. Who was into motorcycle dirt bikes, and he always was. He had a lot of them. And I think I he I bought one of an old YZ125. It was a six speed. The clutch cl- uh, clutch lever was broke off, but you didn't need it. Yeah. And it was a beater. <laughs> and I had you know, and that and there was my and I had a that uh, an, an XL250 that I bought from an older guy and fixed up and and I had numerous bikes in between that, but. One question I ever asked you guys is, is there a time when you didn't ride for a, a long yes. amount of time, like five yeah. years? Yeah. Uh, nope. Well, more than that, actually, I rode, I mean, I always had dirt bikes, four wheel, then four, then three-wheelers came out. I never had a three-wheeler, but then quickly four-wheelers were introduced, and I had four-wheelers. But I didn't ride anything for, oh boy, like 10 years, 10, 12 years. Okay. And then I, then I picked up an old KDX 200 and had that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I got, you know, the adventure riding came, and I bought that KLR and met you guys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I unfortunately, that 
that CBR, I didn't buy it new. It was an 88, and yep. I had turned it into a beautiful sport tour. I had bar, I had Healy risers on it. Um, I had nice bags for it. I mean, I, I it was so comfortable. I mean, it was, so this was a long-distance sport tour. You still have? No. You don't have a street bike anymore? No, I have the street bike. Okay. Yeah, I have another 82 Yamaha. Okay, right, yeah. Sorry. So... This was, and my, my kids were approaching college age, and I knew I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on another bike. So, this was going to be the bike I rode while I paid for my kids to be in college. Yeah. And I was coming back from Americade in, in mid June, and it was hot. One of those early hot spells was like 88, 90 degrees, and the air is so thick you can swim through it. Yeah. And I must have just lost it. I mean, I thought I was on enough Gatorade, and I just came over this rise and misnegotiated a corner. And went down hard, had a hard tank slapper on the left-hand side and some gravel. And that was the end of it. It destroyed the bike and, and messed me up. And, you know, I had to have a buddy come in with a van the next day and, and uh, pick like up an the ambulance, bike. ambulance ride you No, took? thank God okay. I walked away. But it was okay. about 40 miles an hour. But and you felt terrible for weeks. I mean, you had pains and aches yeah, and bruises. Yeah, you know, my shoulder was a little messed up. And I went okay. to the chiropractor for my neck. But luckily, I mean, I really, I walked away, you know. So and what, so what, what? What about that event caused you to take a break? A lot of it was money, but a lot of it was just fear. It was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to take a break. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it was probably about three or four years. It wasn't. As, it wasn't ten years, but it was probably three or four years. And then I found an '82 Yamaha XJ750 Maxim for two hundred dollars. Some kid was selling it. Barely had it. It had like five thousand miles on wow. it. Like no miles wow. on it. I mean, the thing had more more problems with it from sitting around yeah, than yeah, it did yeah, from yeah. ever being ridden. The internals were practically brand new. Mm. So I spent a year rebuilding that. So, you know, it's probably off a bike for about five years. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been on ever since then. So. The time that I wasn't riding, I was racing stock cars. I was, you know, oval track. Yeah, so something yeah. cheap, a very cheap hobby. And oh, yeah, very cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah Super yeah, affordable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very cheap race cars. And safe, too. Yeah. And sa yeah. It's funny, you know, when I was 20, when I was young and, and more, I don't want to say stronger, but when I was younger, I was, my hobbies involved sitting down. You know, I was in a, whether, not super safe, but... And now I'm 50. I'm getting into, you know, I get this gas, gas, and you're I'm starting motocross. I'm yeah, starting right, motocross. Right. So I'm like, yeah, what's going on? But, you know, whatever, you know, keeps yeah, you young. That's you know? it. I mean, that's it. You know, as you're, you know, our kids are growing up. The thing about Scotty is our kids are growing up, mm -hmm. and our our the number of agendas in our lives are changing, and mm -hmm. so we can indulge ourselves in these different things that we mm -hmm. want to do, yeah. you know, like riding cross country, you know, for, you know, mm -hmm. a month and, you know, we're, we're at, it's like, we're both at the same point of our lives. Things, you know, your, the kids are gone, you know, and they're married and, and yeah. we've got time. Yeah. To right. Do these the things. time so, is the thing. Yeah. Right. And so in the, in the previous uh, recording of this, I had forgot to hit record and we started talking about the wilderness first aid training. So mm. in case, you know, I want. I don't want to do. I want to do it the right justice for we'll what do, we're We can do the short. So short you can do like an intro, and then I'll try to splice it in wherever you start out. So the the wilderness first aid course is a uh, a course the WFA, which is um, given uh, introduced by several different companies. Uh, the Solo Schools out of North Conway, <laughs> but also, um, but also the Knowles uh, schools. And you can find the courses just about anywhere. It's a two-day uh, course, and it gives you the basics of wilderness first aid training. It teaches you how to deal with most injuries that you're going to come across in the woods, broken bones, lacerations, people unconscious, um, a lot of the things that you might have, you know, certainly riding your bike off-road. Um, 
And I believe that it's a really good thing for us to have now as, as adventure motorcycling is growing in popularity. It's a good thing for groups of riders that go out to have at least one person in the group be, you know, wilderness first aid certified. I do a ton of weekend trips and I have, I so rarely come across people with first aid training. It's like incredibly mm-hmm. rare. Uh, even in our office of 200 people, only like four of us are AED CPR wow. certified. Yeah. Um, I think at dirt days, I was lucky every time I had a second person, mm-hmm. they had they had first aid training or they were in an EMT in a past life. Right. But right. that usually it's just if I don't if, not, if, not, if I'm not riding with you, I am without a person that knows that. And yeah. especially if in your like Scott was saying later on, if if you get hurt. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Well, well, you can yeah. talk and tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, just all right. Yeah. So twist the sweatshirt yeah. around my neck. Okay, now that was tie this that up. was a big concern of mine to 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 learn CPR before we left, and it just it didn't happen. And I'm you know thankful that I didn't we didn't have to use you know that we were both okay and didn't have to use use any training. But yeah, I've been yeah. the sweep on a lot of rides and a lot of rallies where where I am the the medical guy. You yeah. know, I've got yeah. the kit, and I've got the skill, and and you've got the you LED know. light. <laughs> so the lead can always see me because I got that bright freaking LED. Yeah. All right. What I'll do is the magic of editing is I'll cut over to where you were talking about the two day course that we're going to do next month. No. Uh, I think that's about where the time where I did it. So appreciate you guys being patient sure. with me on this one. <laughs> but it's it's a great basic first aid course uh, yep. that teaches you you know um, basic wound care or how to approach uh, an accident situation or even a hiker or somebody who's non-responsive, all those things, yep. and how to deal with that. What's the first thing they do? They teach you a system of how to approach any accident scene, mm-hmm. um, how to protect yourself. The first thing is you put on gloves. You know, you check right. you check the surroundings. If you're in the woods, you know, and somebody's got a tree on them, is another tree going to fall on me? Is it safe for me to approach this this patient. Yep. Um, so that's what they teach you. And they teach you a very systematic in a very systematic way, a method of approaching those situations and then how to deal with it, how to analyze the patient, whether they're breathing and not breathing and, you know, clearing the spine and, and assessing mm-hmm. their injuries and looking for, you know, blood on the clothing and all those kinds of things. Yep. So it's really, and just going through it step by step. And if they're okay, fine, let them sit up. But if yeah. they're not, they stay prone. And then how to, and how it's to not just grab them and pull them up off their legs. Right. And no, that's not, back, all right. those kind of, like, exactly. Because a lot of times I've seen, you see the, the BDR film today, you see people jump right up and they're so excited to talk about their crash, but you really need to kind of check yourself and chill out and wait. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, you can fall off the bike and hit your head and not realize you have a concussion and you're jumping up, dancing around. Yeah. And, and to, to do that self assessment is important too. If, if you crash, you know, Checking your knees, checking your elbows, your wrists, you know, your neck. And, you know, yeah. if you have that little twinge, you know, yeah, there's probably something wrong. So, something I purchased yeah. last year when I started riding the, you know, doing racing on the two-stroke bike was a neck brace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It bolts to, there's so many types of neck braces, but I bought one that bolts to my chest protector. And I like it. I feel. So you still have movement. You can still do a full left or right. I can still look. I can, I can do, I can do what I need to do. The whiplash yeah. won't happen. If someone rear-ends you, you're not going to do this. Right. You know, yeah. Almost 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with that anymore. Exactly. No. Yeah. So, you know, it's a two-day course, and when you're done, it's a two-year certification. Mm-hmm. And I think as as we, as adventure motorcyclists, as we venture more and more into the woods, and as adventure motorcycling in general 
uh, grows within our sport. It's one of the only growing segments of our sport that, yeah. that it is really critical for more and more of us to get that training. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've used my training many times, not just in the woods, but in a restaurant, some guy tripped and hit his head. And so, yeah. you know, use that training there. You just, it becomes another tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. Watching the BDR film there, there were any number of those get offs fast mm-hmm. or slow could have been a hospital trip. You know, you, 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 you put your leg down and it goes under your panniers. You put your arm down and you break a, a, a wrist. A you wrist. fall on your collarbone. You, you might have a concussion. Uh, um, you know, pull a growing muscle. Any of the, tear a ligament. All kinds of, I mean, th- those, those were some 10-mile-an-hour buck-offs on those bikes. Those can be. Yeah. And they could have, any one of them could have gone to the hospital. Anything that makes you unable to operate your motorcycle safely that you get out of the woods, you yeah. know, that's that's a problem. That's an issue. And, and it becomes unsafe for you to operate, and then you're stuck there, and then what do you do? I guess it's kind of scary that, statistically speaking, most parties of 10 that go do a ride like that, no one's going to be first aid certified anyway. No. Statistically speaking, I mean, I bet if you put 100 adventure riders together, it would be a terrible group ride. But at least one, <laughs> at least one of them would have some first aid training yeah. at that yeah. point. But I think it's almost one of those unspoken, you know, kind of rookie numbers around that sort of preparedness. Yeah. And the first aid kits that you get, I mean, you don't know how to use it. It's, it's useless. And that's another right. thing that they teach you how to do is to really put together um, a first aid kit that is motorcycle specific and not just motorcycle specific but specific to riding off road and so you tear the first thing you do is you tear that crappy first aid kit apart and you (laughs) go to cvs and you buy the stuff that's actually going to help you for puncture wounds and blood clotting and you know Mm -hmm. bandages and and you know strapping down a busted arm things like that so it's you know yeah, I, I my so my goal is to to try and increase that percentage. Mm-hmm. That, that if you do go out with those ten riders, that one or two of you might be first aid certified so you, and had a good a good. So kit for your you. class in a month, you're going to basically going to be adding ten or so new WFA certified riders to our community. That's right? what that, I'm that's, hoping. That's yeah. a great. You know, that's yep. And I, I, it's it's something that gets overlooked a lot because I do so many events that I sort of I understand what goes into putting money on the line, putting time on the line, marketing it, scheduling it. Mm-hmm. And you never know if no one's going to show up. So like, I, you know, it's always something that I try to make sure I appreciate people that go that extra mile, because if you had not done this, that means eight or 10 of us wouldn't have been certified. So we and, wouldn't know where to go. How many events do you go to where somebody gets hurt? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. like yeah. your, your, um, the Turkey trots or the Enduros that you go to, yeah. somebody always gets hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and I go to yeah. a lot, we all go to rallies, Oh yeah. you know, and there's Broken always wrist. somebody, you're always hearing a story. Oh yeah. He's, some guy got, yeah. you know, hurt and yeah, well, uh, at, uh, near last year, some guy got a heat exhaustion and we had oh, to treat man. him for an hour on the side of the trail for heat exhaustion. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but that teaches you how to deal so with all many those dehydration things. and exhaustion stories where people are riding all day and they just don't stop to take a breath mm-hmm. or take a drink and they just it, and it hits you so fast so, yeah, and then for a day you're out a yeah. yeah oh yeah so and that that awareness it's it's building not only awareness of yourself but other riders around you yeah because being able to assess where someone is over lunch you kind of mm-hmm. notice that he's sweating a lot he's in the corner he's heavy breathing you're like this guy's not well yeah. but you know right, knowing exactly. what to look for is good red faced not when they when they stop sweating mm, you know yeah. but they're red faced and hot and they're getting okay. delirious yeah. yeah that's that's they're overheated you know yeah. they need to get cold and we're all macho quick. guys so some of us are are getting back on the bike out of you know Fear of persecution. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. No, I'll be, <laughs> they, I'll be, yeah. I'll be the first to admit to say I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know. And those lunch breaks, those breaks are the perfect place to identify that because that's yeah. where everybody's together. And if you're off in the woods, you know, five, ten miles from, you know, the nearest store or the nearest mm-hmm. road, that's not the place to be assessing mm-hmm. with, yeah. that you really cannot continue. Yeah. So what are most of these... Um, and I, WFA is a, it's a global thing, right? If you Google it, there's a lot of courses nationally I've seen that you can go to. Yes. So yeah. 
what does it usually cost a person to take the two-day course? Typically, it's it's up to the um, the sponsoring agency. So if Solo puts on the course, um, it might be an outdoors, um, you know, uh, like a, a hiking club or something that's putting it on. Mm -hmm. And so then they decide how much it's going to cost. Um, for me, I'm putting it on personally. I yep. know that the through solo, it's eight hundred dollars just okay. to get the, really? the course. Yeah, okay. to get the instructor okay. in the course. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that I have enough people registered that um, I'm going to cover that basic cost. Yeah. Yep. If it's through another private company or, or a for-profit company, they're going to want to charge more because they're going to want to make a little money. Of course, you know, yeah. if they sell twenty tickets to it, then it's one hundred seventy-five bucks a piece. Yeah, they pay solo, but then there's they get something back. Mm -hmm. So if it's an outdoor club or something like that, they'll make some money. It makes sense. So when you're certified, some of that money goes back to solo because yes. so the, the yep. instructor has to pay, take a cut and put it back into the, mm -hmm. the organization. Yeah. So they're paying the instructor. You're paying for the materials. You get a nice big book. Um, luckily, we're gonna when we do it in April, we're gonna get the space for free. But sometimes you have to pay to rent the space too, yep. wherever the course is being given. So yeah, yeah, it's you know typically anywhere from one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy five dollars for okay. the two day course. Yeah, all right, but cool. I think totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, it's almost one of those things. It's almost like every year you do your your uh, bike refreshing course, whether it be on road or off road. Do, do a track day, something like that, and then also having our first aid every couple of years is, mm -hmm. is just good for everyone. Right. And what does that cost you? I mean, what do you pay? So another way to look at that is like you're saying in certain skills, your riding yeah. skills. What does a two day you know riding course cost you? Oh yeah, like the track the track day. I think was two seventy five. Right. Exactly. Um, you do per, a, day, per day. Right. And yeah. you do a BMW off road you know thing. It's it's expensive. They want a thousand dollars for two. Days from being <laughs> <Goodness, laughs> yeah, right. So you know it's, it's and that's a that's a skill in your in your in your tool belt. But yes. you know, so this wilderness first aid should be looked at as the same thing. Right. So for two days for one hundred seventy five dollars for that skill set that you're getting back for it, it's a pretty good investment in your oh, own, yeah, in your definitely. own skill set. Yeah. That's one thing I did not do before I trip was get you know any type of CPR training. Yeah, mm -hmm. I told Ducky, you know, that about I'm like Jesse's good, he's good, you know, he's good. he's training. She's like, well, what happens <laughs> well, so if he's hurt? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. know. Hopefully, he can relay me something. Because <laughs> even a year before a trip, I was wanting to go. I was trying to look out to the fire department for for some training, and yeah. I it just never happened. Yeah, you know, fortunately, we didn't need any. Yeah, know. no, I, fortunately, I put it over in Nevada, and I think it broke a couple ribs. But you know, yeah, I put it with my hands out on the bars. That didn't hurt. So I know. dumped it in, I don't know, Utah, maybe. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, up at a the couple top times. Of the and yeah, 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 that, oh, that yeah. sandy area. That was. Oh, that's no, that <laughs> was nasty. That yeah, was nasty. but uh, the kale are just not made for that stuff. It really no, isn't. No, well, it, it was that sugar sand. I mean, yeah. it's, no matter it's what powdery. you're on, it's powdery. Yeah. No matter what you're on, it's powdery and you know. You know I've seen it. a few of those tad videos where like. Yeah, it's you're it's it's not it's not sand we're used to. It's no, like it's sugar sand. Yeah, it's like you a, sink into it. And, yeah. and, and, and you're 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 at the mercy of the inertia of the bike and where the sand is taking you. And yeah. as soon as you cut throttle, you're in it. You mm -hmm. sink. Absolutely <laughs> yep. sink. The only way is to just get it down to the bottom and hope that there's something yeah. firm on the bottom. And then there's, the, there's the, and the adobe clay in New Mexico. Oh. That doesn't matter what you have, what you're on, what tire you have. You might as well go on a a Harley, full-blown Harley. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. That was tough. Yeah. No North Carolina clay or Tennessee clay? Did you get that at all? No, no it was oh, dry. It, was it nice. just didn't rain yeah. much the whole time yeah. we were out. And especially you could have gotten all three was... of the worst offenders, yeah. clay, mud, and sand. But yeah. yeah. Well, and, and we kind of skipped the dirt roads in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> we cheated a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Just not worth. Yeah. Yeah. Was that for the timeline, or were you behind schedule? 
No, we weren't behind schedule. That was because there was only there wasn't anything to see. Okay. You know? And even you know, I <clears throat> even when we were in Oklahoma, the people in Oklahoma were not that offended that we had skipped. Oklahoma. <laughs> we did. I mean, we did some stuff. But we skipped. The, we skipped the panhandle boring part. You got dirt of the. You got the the tat, and then right below it was a paved road. Oh, yeah. And you weren't. You were seeing the same thing. Yeah. And you yeah, were out was, of the dirt. And I mean, coming through. You know, the Osage Hills was nice, and and that first sort of. It was a little damp that morning, and coming west of uh, Tulsa, and and there was this first. The first breath you get of that wet, sagey, western yeah. air, and you go, oh, that's very different. Mm-hmm. You know, that was so cool. Yeah. But then after that, it got hotter and hotter, and we're just like, I don't want to ride endless degrees. miles. I don't want to ride 350 miles yeah. of endless gravel road just to say I did it, mm-hmm. and it's 110 degrees. Mm-hmm. And before we get more into the tat, was there more about WFA that you wanted oh. to talk about? I didn't want to just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. change gears. Exactly, you wanted to, yeah, sure. Um, no, just, you know... Pretty much that I, I I think that it's it's important that as adventure riders we do, you know, either for ourselves or for others around us, make sure that we we are getting that training, um, yeah. and that somebody in your group has a really good first aid kit or has some good basic first aid knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, as we as we as as riders tend to go more and more into the woods, mm-hmm. you know, and there's people riding, not just cross country but around the world. You know, there's people are. Jumping on bikes and riding to Tierra del Fuego and yeah. riding across, <laughs> you know, Kazakhstan and yeah. odd places and so know. those those injuries can happen in your backyard. For, yeah, on right. a ten minute ten minute ride, you could mm-hmm. could be that. I, you know, that. My last ride last year, October, it was a beautiful afternoon. One of those days, you know, where it's late October and you go, yeah. oh, there's not too many of these left, and mm-hmm. played hooky and went out and I was ten miles from my house and Get broke your- my leg. You know, laid it down and snapped my my right fibula. Ouch. I've told a lot of people, though, it's always nice to injure yourself at the end of the year. (laughs) Like, like I broke my leg in May, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. If it was any earlier in the year, I would not have been happy. I'd just tape it up and go. Yeah. I I rode it home, but, you know, it was. This is actually a fun fact about Jocelyn Snow. A lot of people don't know. Um, She was a a road racer. Okay. So, you know, not, not quite champion, but, you know, like. You know the the 600 cc class mm-hmm. of road racing uh, for years, and she had so many crashes because she was just really competitive. That at one point she actually ripped her finger off, her pinky finger off. Oh God! And <laughs> this is about 20 years ago. And the doctor said, "You're never going to be able to ride again because if I sew this back on, you can't bend it again." Yeah, right, right. So she said, and this is a true story, and she'll show you her finger if you're a meter rally. She sewed it back bent. So she could still hold she the hand. She can still ride. So she's currently... Got a, her pinky is like a claw. So, she, <laughs> so it wraps around. Oh, that's You awesome. know what's interesting is she is short, and that bike was... I'm not going to say it was too big for her, because obviously yeah. it wasn't. Yep. Yeah. But when she stood on it, she just looked so comfortable. And because of when she would tip over, because of her short height... Because uh, she was her short height. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even make sense, because she was so short. She was short, it yeah. It wasn't that... She just stood off the bike. Yeah. I mean, she looked real comfortable on the bike. Yeah. And that is yeah. a big yeah. bike. Oh, well, yeah, they're huge. I've never been on one. Pounds, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that, that's one of fun fact. But again, I think and I only mentioned things. A lot of people have mentioned like, oh, she's doing, doing this for the fame. But she basically got to where she couldn't actually road race anymore and then found, oh, wow, you know, off-road riding is kind of this market where I can join and no one's going to judge me if I fall off or screw up or something. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, just just cool, unique story. Where, mm-hmm. But if you look at some of her old racing, she was pretty good back then. Um and that that was a you know that was a cool and I think I should back up. We went to the Northeast BDR premiere today. It was not a premiere, but a screening today. 
uh, locally. So that was pretty cool. We had like 110 people show up, which was yeah, like, it's good. It's a great turnout. Like, it's a great excessive. turnout. You know, uh, the 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 uh, sponsored by the NHBT Central Riders. <laughs> Central, I know, I love it. That showed you know, up the on only like non. Hey. I think we're the only non-commercial entity yeah. to host. It's always dealerships and yeah. other like yeah. commercial entities, and we yeah. were just a bunch of guys on a forum. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like who's? I think they were, were expecting a representative to you know say you know, I'm the representative, and yeah. like three of us are like. Yeah, it's us. It's us. <laughs> well, and, and Michael had a problem that first call he put into BDR because he's he's like, I just want to screen the movie, and they said where, and they said New Hampshire, and they said who are you? He's like, I'm just a guy, and, <laughs> a motorcycle. And for a couple of weeks, they kind of drug him along. They was like, yeah. this guy's just full. Of, so they finally said, if you donate two fifty to BDR. We'll send you the DVD early, and then you're on your own. That's yeah. pretty much what they did for us. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, yeah. we got 110 people in the room. So that's I'm, I'm actually kind of proud yeah, of that. It was cool because I got to meet Brian, the creator of the Flatlander route. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. sat right next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was and cool. and Andrew was the hamster creator. So yes. The, the New Hampshire yep. rep. So he made the hamster. That's cool. Um, and it was cool watching that movie today because there's so many roads. I mean, I feel like 80% of the Vermont New Hampshire roads, I feel like I've been on them. Been oh, on yeah. Them. Oh, watching that, it just gave me tingles thinking, oh, I've been it's there. It's like a drone oh, shot of that road. road. I've been on oh, yeah. 10 times. I know that. Hey, I recognize those rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've been up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that bridge. Yeah, we've crossed that. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. So here's a fun fact because a lot of people think the BDRs are super hard. And the Mid-Atlantic is the easiest BDR, according to them. The northeastern is the second hardest. I don't know what the hardest is, but they said that's the that's one of the, the most one that challenging. we just watched. Yeah, is the second hardest. Second hardest. Yeah. So so yeah. if you can do the northeast BDR, you could pretty much do any of the other ones pretty much because a lot of this is like they had to struggle to find non-populated land out west because yeah. you, when you leave California, yeah. it takes you hours to find you know those kind of empty empty yeah. spaces. So anyway, there was it, it's it's fun that we have. A, and I think a lot of Typical BMW people aren't going to do the Northeast. They're going to probably not. There were there were a lot of questions in the audience too. There were guys who were, well, that looks really hard. Can we go around that? You know, the bypasses and it's like, sure, those bypasses. You don't have to do those class. The camera doesn't things. I mean, some of the technical spots in Maine they were showing look like real steep stuff. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. You know, I'm sure maybe. The Lafferty just kept. Wheeling over all of them, which <laughs> yeah. was, I never got yeah. tired of that. He hit the first rock and jumped over three of them. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, why that's a show. Yeah. That's just that's a show. That's why the KLR left because at times we needed throttle. Yeah, to lift your front end, it wasn't there. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. The KLR. And it's it's front heavy. The KLR was really front heavy too. I think that's why you were having problems in gravel and stuff too. Because well, the sand would really get me. Yeah, more than yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, on my XR 650L, it's just it's designed from a desert racer. It's designed for that kind of thing. Well, we did flat white, out and what was that loop we did in? Oh, white Utah. rim trail outside of. Yeah, Moab. we were cruising yeah. along, and I because um, we're you know talking to each other. I'm like, this yep. is, I feel like I'm racing in the Baja. Yeah. Yeah. And the XR, you get out in that gravel and that loose stuff and you just sit back and just crank it and let the front wheel just kind of take you away mm-hmm. and let the rear end dig in and it just goes, man. It just goes. So what was the, uh, what, so, so preparing for the tat, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, what, 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 what would that, what did that encompass other than watching all the YouTube videos? <sighs> the f- the main thing we discussed and had to figure out was how to get home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the. You know, we had our, we had discussions on you know what kind of gear are you taking? What are you wearing? Motocross boots, work boots, <laughs> yeah. uh, an adventure boot. Uh, yeah. Are you you know are you buying a new Klim outfit? Are you you mm-hmm. know things like that? We talked back and forth, and then we settled. He settled in on his own. You know what he was doing, and I did mine too. But the main thing was how do how, how are we going to get home? Yeah. And we I mean we. 
Because you're riding to Oregon. People don't know. You're riding all the way to the coast. Yeah, we yeah. left from yeah. Maggie Valley, North Carolina. I mean, we're, we're yeah. about as, I mean, you know, from New Hampshire, we're living about as far away from Oregon as you can get. As you can yeah. get, you know. I mean, yeah. coast it's not to like coast, we're yeah. starting in, you know, Illinois or Tennessee right. or, mm-hmm. you know, someplace halfway across the so country. So you get it's to North Carolina and then you drive across country and now you're like, we'll do a sell your, you can sell your bike, I guess. Yeah, there's <laughs> people who consider People that, that do yeah. that, people, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, but it worked out great. Jesse's son Simon did his own trip out. We met him. Where did we meet him at first? Colorado. We, we met, met him in Colorado. Right. Then we met him again in Moab, Utah. Yep. One more time uh, in Port Orford. No. Then we met him in New, when you uh, New Mexico. Uh, no, no, no. After after Moab, he went down yes. into uh, Nevada and California. Yep. And then he met us in Port Orford. Yep. At the end of the ride. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we spent the night there. Then we the next day we we all hustled up to. Uh, Portland. Yep. And then the next day, I flew home, and father and son lo- got a got a rent a U-Haul trailer, put the bikes on it, and they did their own trip on their way home, and I yep. flew home. Yeah. So that was the main thing on planning. We and met. Your, but your but your bikes were basically basically already kind of ready, right? So yes, you- we had ridden enough around here with gear, with each other, yep. that we knew. You know that our bikes were ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had done enough. You know, rallying and overnighting, and you know, mm-hmm. to know uh, to have our bikes shake down and yeah. have our equipment ready to go. I mean, there's not much that I did to my XR. I didn't. I got bought a new tent. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty you much a two man tent. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a two man tent and it, with 16 inch poles, so it folded up into my my tail bag. And that's and hard to find, actually. A lot yeah, of these yeah. tents have 20 to 25 inch poles. They're big, and that's why I specifically shop for a tent that would fit. That's what know. we were doing last night. We were trying to find a three person tent with sub 20 inch poles and they don't mm-hmm. exist like they're, one yeah and they're expensive <laughs> they're expensive so i ended up with a uh, an ems refugio 2 and mm-hmm. that was that's a nice two-man tent good features stakes out well it's got a double vestibule yep um very waterproof you know ended up being a terrific tent but there again 16 inch poles and so it pulled it know, up i had tight, all yeah. my gear in my in my tail bag I had all yeah. my camping gear my my tent my sleeping bag everything mm-hmm. in the on the um my tail bag and then everything else in the saddlebags. Yeah, nice. So it was a pretty tight, you know, I mean, I carried a little more stuff than Scotty did, but, you know, it was, I had a few more. I had the the air pump and mm-hmm. a couple extra tools, and I tend to pack a little extra stuff than I need anyway, so. Yeah, and you were a little heavier on the tool kit than me. Yeah. I had the tubes, yeah. you had the tools type of thing. <laughs> but yeah. I think there's value in riding the bike that you've had a couple of seasons because mm-hmm. if you go off the showroom and buy a 500 KTM or 690 and <laughs> get it out, you might get 800 miles in and shut the bed mm-hmm. because the thing's not yeah. tested. Yeah. So it's kind of good that you guys took what you had in there. And you mm-hmm. know, and one thing that I've learned too is if you don't know how to work on your own bike, right. you shouldn't be doing it yeah. because you, your thumb's going to break. Yeah, this, this and, and a... mine was like completely apart at that little store in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, the battery issue. If you see a picture, it is the KLR is just nuts apart. and bolts. It's yard sale parts everywhere. We're, trying to figure we're out coming what coming on the backside of uh, oh, is Adavure Ophir? No, not Ophir. Was it when the battery oh, the, went? The last one. It was the last pass coming out of Colorado between. Ure and Telluride, yes. and we had gotten down into Telluride, and it was kind of having some trouble starting, and yeah. it was somewhere... We it was after that. I was, was leading, and it was... Yeah, the Colorado was flattening out, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, it was, yep. we were turning from the mountains into the Red Rock West, okay. Yes, and yep. it were headed for Dolores, Colorado, down yep. near Four Corners, yep. and Scotty's bike just refused to start. We stopped for it to go to the bathroom, and it just would not start, and... You know, so the last thing that occurred to us that it would be the battery. Finally, we just figured that it was the battery. Yeah. Pull started it from a, an ATV. and Yeah, an ATV. The lady who owned the store had a side-by-side. She pulled me. Nice. We got it running. 
and nothing worked, but it did run. And yeah. we had like an hour to go to the campground. Yeah, there was like no headlights. No and no headlights, no nothing. We got to the yeah. campground and just called it a night. The next morning, Jesse and Simon went to, in the car, went to see Four Corners. Mm-hmm. And I made some phone calls. They got back. We went, there was, only, there was an O'Reilly parts store. 30 minutes away. Yeah. Lucky. Fortunately, lucky. Yeah. And a brand new maintenance-free battery because Scotty yeah. left on the old school <laughs> stock battery. What's, it wasn't what's smart. What's rule number one, Scotty? Replace everything, Re- yeah. right? And what I did, did not, not replace the battery. Replace the battery, did you? And no. uh, <laughs> so we put a new battery in it, and it went. But it did have, the KLR was known for a weird jetting issue. Yeah. And it's like, if you're doing 55 miles an hour, it's like I can just envision the carburetor running out of gas. Like the bowl, it, like it takes yeah. a, wow. like it's too fast for it. Okay. It would, it would spit and sputter and it, it just had that issue. Yeah. And, uh, but the main thing was, you know, the, the battery. I didn't didn't the Kaler also kill stators or is that a different, different bike? <sighs> I There's a DR650. It's one of those other kind of bikes. Every bike's got its own problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But it's, it's like you said, Adam, you know, if you don't know what those problems yeah, exactly. are, you know, oh, yeah. if you don't, if you don't know your bike well mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. You know, probably shouldn't take it on a five thousand mile off road trip. Yeah, I mean, know. both of us knew how to change tires like that. You know, and you know what I bolts was... like to back out? You have all those things in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check this yeah. bolt. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Um, and this is a question you guys don't have to answer, so you can in- ignore the like lost wages of taking out from your job. But mm. do you have an idea of what what roughly it costs you know, per day per week to do a, a trip like this? Assuming you've got the bike and you're only buying a tent, and you know you've got the work time off, that kind of thing. Well, it depends on what you what you earn. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna, you know, if you earn five thousand dollars a month, you take a month off. You're not gonna be earning five thousand. Yeah, so you gotta ignore that one because that's a that's a moving. Right. So ignore that, but you might have time saved up. You might have sick. It depends on where you work. But uh, you, we were probably spending how much per night to camp versus hotel? How much time in food and gas? Probably twenty dollars a night when we were camping. Twenty bucks for sharing yeah, a space. Yep, yeah, sharing yeah. a tent space. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think it was was it? Th- I think I spent three three grand. And that's okay. that's about right. Yeah. It's oh, about that's three, around that three grand. That's now you got to remember that's just to do the ride. Okay, yeah. that's not yes. getting down there. Yeah. That's not getting your spares, and that's not getting home. That's right. just the ride. Yeah, you know. And then we had the additional expenses of Simon's trip out. Yep. So we were supporting Simon on the trip from you know the Northeast through Colorado, and then giving him spending money to go out mm-hmm. on the West Coast, and then. But you if know. you had a broken in KLR like the one that's for sale in Manchester, New Hampshire, it's three grand for a three thousand mile KLR. Mm-hmm. If you that's could a just steal. <laughs> Yeah, you wait, till you see, wait till you see it. But <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, it's oh. it, it was <laughs> it's rattle. Okay. It was rattle can yeah. black. Oh geez. Um, but so let's say you spend your three to five grand on the bike. You know how to work on it. You ride it for a season. You could put a forty liter duffel on the back of it mm-hmm. and just leave and then sell it when yeah. you get to Oregon. And that's yeah. it would be a three thousand dollar trip basically. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Ignoring the bike. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I mean, and that's that's basically what people mostly. If you're going to do the whole thing start to finish about three grand is what to what the okay. bank on but make sure you've got extra because if you know something oh, yeah, drastic course, happens yeah. you know you got to replace yeah. tires in the middle you know something like that and did you guys buffer your time off for a couple extra days just in case you got stranded for a few days like add an extra uh, week? i had uh yeah when i left work i had a month off okay. well I actually i had till i got back yeah. and they right. knew you know my my employer knew that it was going to be about a month yeah but if something happened if i got injured if we got into rain and we had rain delays, mm-hmm. that it could, it, you know, it could be five weeks or it could yeah. be five and a half weeks or we could be back, you know. So he, so we'd yeah. been at our jobs for long enough. Yes, I mean, I'd it. been at my job for nearly thirty years, Scotty. Well, well over I, twenty. I, yeah, I was there for twenty. And yeah, I, you know, so when I got back, I, 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 I did back. have a, uh, I had a job change, so I'm not there anymore. But I was there for twenty years. Yeah, 
So it was. So we've been at our jobs long enough that we could go in and say, you know what, I'm going to take some time off, and you can either pay me for it or not pay me for it. I'm salaried. I'm going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. My boss said, okay, we'll call it sabbatical, and he was nice enough to pay me for the whole time I was gone. Yeah. That 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 you've earned your tenure there. Yeah. I had vacation time saved up. I had a month, four weeks paid a year. Okay. For vacation, and I had some personal time too, but so I just took all my my vacation time then. Yeah. You know. Nice. So that's what I did for that. What what did you guys learn, uh, kind of about your bikes, about yourselves, about life while you were on, oh on the road for five weeks? Anything, anything that hit you? Like for example, Trans Labrador, seven hundred mile day. We're just trying to get there that first day, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting back, and when I when I'm about an hour past the Canadian border, it just opens up, and it's just a, like a mining community. And there's mm-hmm. just these huge mines, and you just kind of overtakes you and you're like I, i'm here mm-hmm. i've started it and then yeah. you have these little tiny micro like micro clarities along the trip that hit you <laughs> yeah. oh yeah you don't, you don't plan for it i had a lot of them yeah <laughs> you know when we left it's funny jesse showed up in my house in the morning to pick me up four o'clock four in the morning oh yeah. and we looked at each other like it, the look in our eyes was like we're doing this right <laughs> after a year and a half after a year planning. and a half of playing we're we're leaving now and so it was a little bit like Okay, you know, and maybe a little bit of, okay, we're still doing the right thing, you know, leaving for that long a period of time. And you say, you almost second-guess yourself. You second-guess it, like, maybe, should I really be doing this? But, so, but once we got there the next day, right? Did we get there? The, yeah, we we made it most of the way, yeah. When we hit the, when we left, we left Simon, we had it, we were on our bikes. Yep. Yeah, we had that giddy, giddy moment. And, that, and the first day, we, would, we were on the tail of the dragon. So, I mean, we were just yahooing it right from <laughs> oh, the Oh, yeah, scrubbing, scrubbing the knobbies yeah. down. Every yeah. day we had Chasing a... Chasing Miatas through the mountains. Yeah, we had yeah. a tingly <laughs> moment. I mean, every day I would be like, Jesse would be... We were in some twisties, and I'd be like, Wahoo, this is awesome. So we had love. <laughs> and, you know, the different... When we crossed the Mississippi River. That was yeah. like a big deal. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma was like the transition into the West was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, New Mexico. I mean, there was... All it was, the, you know, and, and it's when... Even in places like Colorado, where you you get to the top of the mountain, you just say to each other, "Look at where we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at how far we come." We look back at our bikes and go, "Holy crap! <laughs> we just did two thousand miles, and we got another three thousand to go." There's We're a not great even there There's yet. a great photo of your XR with the Vermont plate on top of like Imogen Pass or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like just way away from home. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so what did we learn? You know, we learned that you have to choose your riding buddies really, your riding partners really carefully. And I think yeah. Scotty and I really, really hit it off and just realized what, what great riding partners we were. And so to What's have the right person along with yeah. you is so important. I guess the same could be said for marriage since we have our our wives are being <laughs> so patient there, yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you got to pick your partner really well because they're going to have to stick with you through some shit. That's, that's pretty much it, you know, and, and having our having our wives – Support us. support us and encourage us to do this mm-hmm. yeah. you know was was really important was really helpful and us being able to relax and not feel guilty about taking that time off and not mm-hmm. feeling selfish about going mm-hmm. to do yeah. this crazy thing riding yeah. off road cross country you're gonna go do what yeah i, I you tell know, people uh, what i'm doing they're like you get you're a, doing you what just, people have no concept of <laughs> yeah. what riding off road for five thousand miles like from coast to, to coast means. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like they can't even envision what this is. You know? yeah. That's a long, so, long way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, it's, yeah, they can't it's imagine boring. riding across town on a dirt road. So you know, but even yeah. even the guys that suit up on the Harleys or the Gold Rings that do Route 66, and that that in itself is people see as an achievement to do that mm-hmm. in so many hours or days. 
you guys, you know, touched tarmac as little as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's an even, even in my opinion, a bigger, especially you, you have about one, one third the torque of one of those cruisers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. And, and my XR was definitely set up to be in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was geared and set up totally to be in the woods and, yeah. and the long slab days that we did to cross Oklahoma. You know, we were only going 55 miles an hour, you yeah. know, just kind of cranking across the plains. Yeah, we were, I don't know what route we were on in Oklahoma with all the windmills. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. leading that day, yeah. and it's just we're right in the middle of all these, and you can see forever, and all these windmills, and I've got my hands up like this. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and that was, uh, that was you know, real neat. But uh, How are we doing on time, by the way? It's 620. How are you guys doing? I'm Good. fine. Good. How's our How long have we been going? We're, 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 we're getting the look Four. from the from our wives, but it looks okay. Well, so I think we're still all right. Oh, Adam has the time with us? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the timer. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's the beauty of what has happened. So we, the listeners are already aware of this because they're, they're hearing this. Uh, they're at 30 minutes in on their timestamp, even though you guys have been talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> I never pressed record. Well, I oh. did eventually. I did eventually. So they didn't get like my little dirt bike story from the beginning? No. So they're at 30 minutes in. Oh, okay. Which is okay. What we'll do is we'll just do the podcast normally. And then when you're done, I'll dub in some of my voice work saying like, and then get this. The phone also wasn't recording either, as so I can't steal that audio. Do you remember what I said about technology? If you look at my ride report for our, you know, Oxen Pig Tat 2019, mm, the, first line tat. Is, the first line is I'm technology not... hates me. Yeah. So I apologize in advance if anything happens. <laughs> well, the real the real crime is for 15 minutes I was adjusting your levels. Okay. Like neurotically. Yeah. But, but you weren't recording the whole time. Uh, so when we started talking about the, the so it was it was at the WFA cutover that I started recording. Yeah. So we only missed your intros, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. We don't need an introduction. Yeah. We're so famous, people know who we are anyway. <laughs> so I feel bad, but it's okay. This is only episode six. We have, you know, people still expect failure. Working it out. Working um, it out. Okay. So, and I guess what was your favorite? So if I had to fly in somewhere and run a bike and do a section of the tat. Uh, what, what's your? I've only got three or four days to do this. Ooh, what, what do you well, say? I is start the best? in Trinidad. I, I Trinidad fly into Denver and and, and yep. a lot of. So I last year for the 2019 Tat Roll Call page on ADV Rider, I was the um, I don't know what you call the original the OP the original poster or the mm-hmm. yeah you're the OP so OPP. the OP so I was the OP for that thread and it worked really well and so I started the 2020 Tat Roll Call page this year as well. And a lot of people are doing that exact thing. They're flying into Denver. They're oh, getting okay. their bike shipped to Topar Racing in Trinidad. Yeah. Yeah. And they're starting from yeah. there because that's when it starts to get really interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's when you're going. You're through New Mexico. You're through. You're into the rocks. And from Trinidad, yeah. you're going right into the right into the and rocks. Mileage right wise, you've you're about sixty percent of the way there. Mileage wise, no, not even. You're uh, not quite half. I mean, okay. Ure is about halfway. So you got about two and a half weeks ahead of you. Yeah. Into the oh, yeah. You, yeah. you still have. A Almost three thousand miles, even huh, from Trinidad okay. to get out there. So you're, you're not even halfway in Trinidad. Astonishingly, and Colorado is not quite halfway. And that's the highlight for you guys. That point forward oh, is, yeah. is the section. Utah so. was nice. I mean, you know, Colorado, Utah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Colorado. That was the best though, part I mean, you've got us. all the passes you can do. You could go there. You could stay at a campground. 
uh, if you have your bike flown in or if you i'd rent a bike out there yeah, yeah. you know and you've yeah. got all the passes you can do and some and ure is a real nice place to stay mm-hmm. it was beautiful it was cool. you know you've mm-hmm. got telluride and mm-hmm. all those telluride, other silverton yep. are, are really expensive places to be but ure yeah. maintains this and they're very proud of it this very working class kind of blue collar yeah. um very down-to-earth town yeah. right in the middle of those passes in, in southwest colorado and I really felt at home there, and there's a, you got great access to incredible riding. And the day that we went out to do some peak bagging out there was just... And we, and we stayed there for three nights, did we We stay? were three nights, yeah, yeah at oh, the cool. KOA there. Wow. And, and one of them was a maintenance day. But, yeah, you know, and a rest and, day. And a rest day. And we, we, needed, needed, we needed a rest day. Oh, yeah, day that's off. one yeah. thing that I've really screwed up on my Translab trip, is by day seven, I was making really stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. And like by day, and I should have taken a day off the dead center of the trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was our rest day, and and actually after that we we rode every day, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was it, that was the highlight, the exclamation point. I think for me, I mean, the West was nice, and riding the White Rim Trail was great, but um, riding those passes in Colorado, and the day couldn't have been nicer. I mean, oh, it was just beautiful. absolutely gorgeous. It was mid seventies, crystal clear. You know, some floaty white well, clouds. Adam's, and, Adam's got the SD oh. card for my GoPro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I told him he could do whatever he wants with it. You know, there's, oh, there's I told him there's going to be like there. a couple of them where, well, five or six of them where Jesse's going to be looking at the camera going, is it on? <laughs> you know, because I'm not a tech, a tech guy, but uh, Imogene is on there. Uh, engineers, I think, en- coming en- up in Engineers. engineers. Yeah, okay. All the passes there, and you'll see the beautiful, the beautiful weather. I mean, yeah. there's one spot, too, that we got up real high and stopped, and then I walked up that hill. Yeah, 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 to get it even pl- higher. Yeah. Even higher, yeah. And, uh, and Scotty broke his leg. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the walking, top of the yeah. mountain. You know, and watching those videos, I'd seen people doing the passes on the videos, and I'd be like, okay, it doesn't look that hard. But you're forgetting that the air is so thin. Yeah. And yeah. plus, <laughs> it, we rode, I mean, we're on the trail every day. We've been riding every day. Yep. So we got all our gear. There was some fatigue. And Imogene Pass, I'm talking the whole time. And you'll hear my crazy, squeaky, corny voice and i've got a lot That's of okay. shout outs to you adam on oh. there you'll see him when you get there <laughs> you're gonna like some of that you're, you're gonna love them <laughs> and you know and hopefully, i don't think i uh, i think my language is it was fairly clean it was good no, when okay. i get into some tough spots i'd be like oh uh, you know <laughs> this is uh, or you know but uh you can edit out whatever you want and i've had uh, yeah, i told the story like three episodes ago but i've had one person tell me that you know i watch when i'm cooking dinner for my family i put your videos on the tv and mm-hmm. watch them and just the F words. You just got to like a little less F word yeah. because my kids are like, dad, what? that looks like a lot of fun. Whoa. Oh my Whoa. God. Yeah. 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 So oh, that's, yeah. but he wasn't really complaining. He's like, that's your style. I just can't watch you. I'm making dinner anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those are, but those are some I'm good excited. clips of, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, those are good. So, yeah. And feel free to cut them, clip them, and put them on, uh, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, Central Riders. It'd be yeah, well, cool. Cause that's how I'll show people. Cause yeah. all I have is a laptop at home. Well, I could always reply to your ride report too and bump mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. that's fine yeah, you too. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can add it. Yep, you can do whatever you want with them. So, um, is there other than the first fifteen minutes? Is there anything? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Thanks, and, Adam. Well, you know <laughs> what I was Adam. thinking about doing. Is I was thinking, Mr. Of, tech, thinking yes. about um, my only tech friend I have. And yeah, I'm well, that's how you know we're all lost if I can't figure this right. out. Right. If Adam can't figure it we're out, screwed. we're screwed. We're screwed. That's yeah. it. So, yeah. if, if we had five more minutes after we're done telling our stories, I might. Pretend sure. that we're starting fresh again or something. Okay. Just uh, yeah. eh, throw it back in. But um, no. Um, so you had a whole. Is there something in your like 
talking points that you really wanted to go through today. Cause, and we can always do this again in like six no, months. Not that's, necessarily. That's I mean, you know, uh, we just wanted to touch on things like, uh, you know, general pr- trip planning is, you know, but we've already touched on that stuff yeah. was, yeah. you know, who do you ride with, especially yeah. the longer distances? You know, if you're talking, you're going to be away for four or five weeks you know, with, someone. Ten, with someone yeah. with two, three people. You have to be compatible with Did them. Did we ever get on each other? I don't think so. We didn't. No. We didn't. That was one of my questions. Is, is there, was there a day where you're just like, I don't want to even see you? No. No, there no. wasn't. I, 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 no, I there woke wasn't. up every day and was like, I can't wait to go riding with Scotty again. Yeah, it was like, I was you know, like, we've all got little quirks that, yeah. you know, might grate on you once in a while, but they're just the tiniest, stupid little Tiny. things. And you go, my God, look where we are. And we get to go ride again. And it's such an inconsequential thing that, you know, you see the camera crew to record ride. this. You have a travel channel documentary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your, your camera truck following you around everywhere. No, Wouldn't did. be very interesting because we didn't fight. We didn't, we got along great. Yeah, yeah. There was literally, I mean, no. T- yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, we really got along and never. At the end of the trip, you know, because they brought my bike back and it was like a week. I was home a week later. Uh, Jesse and Tara showed up with her and brought my KLR bike, uh, KLR back, and uh, I said to I said to Jesse, I'm like, so you didn't. We there wasn't a day where you were frustrated with me or anything. He's like, no, not at all. So no. we really we get along great, and as long as you provide Scotty with cheeseburgers and Bud Light, you're yeah, fine. I was on a, yeah the last week, <laughs> the last week I was on a bacon cheeseburger and French fry kick. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. hey, I was burning some calories. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, I was you, hungry. You, you got really used to eating meat in tube form. You know, we're not yeah. picky eaters. Gas station so cuisine. Gas station cuisine, man. You know, if you're not picky, you're limited to where yeah. you are. Right. And right. So when we first left, we would ride Yahoo. And about 6 o'clock, we're like, okay, where are we going to stay? <laughs> so we'd have to do some quick Google research and find a campground. So we'd find a campground, and hopefully there was something nearby to get something to eat. And there was. A few times there wasn't, and it was gas station cuisine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one time in Heber Springs, <laughs> a dry county. <laughs> you should have seen the look I'm on Scotty's face. I'm around Walmart Morning. with my motocross boots, with my gear, holding my helmet, and people looking at me, and I'm like, I want to ask someone where the beer cooler is, but I don't, I don't want to ask somebody. So I came, I got our, our eggs, hard-boiled eggs and yep. Fritos for yep. dinner. That's dinner. Yep. And I came out, and every time you park those bikes at a gas station <laughs> or a Walmart or anywhere oh. with a New Hampshire and Vermont plate, people coming over going, what are you doing? So I came out, sure. and the local was talking to Jesse, and I told Jesse, I'm like, I didn't see beer in there. And the local guy's like, oh, this is Dry County. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so, but other than that. But you didn't get the sweats or anything, did you? You were fine. Just oh, no, pissed I was off. Fine. No, but still, I mean, I, you know, I'm. Yeah, kind of enjoyed a you know. It's nice to have a cold beer. Alert, you know, it a is. Hot, it is. August, at the end you know? of the day, but no, I was fine. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not enough. But there's, you know, I mean. <laughs> Whenever you do a trip like this, you you have to leave yourself open to those kind of conversations. And like Scotty said, every time we parked our bikes, even mm-hmm. to get gas, it's just somebody would come up and say, "Wow, oh, you boys are a long, long way from home. Way. Yes, sir, we are. You know, and it, it's just a conversation starter and to leave yourself open and, and willing mm-hmm. to have those conversations with complete strangers is a. Is it? It's a great thing. You never know who you're going to meet and mm-hmm. who you're going to, you know, what experience you're going to have. And they've got questions. They want to know your story, and you know, you want to know where they are. They'll tell you something about them or the place yeah. that you're in, and just leaving yourself open to those conversations. Mm-hmm. Is, I is talk a to everybody anyway. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm a- <laughs> and, and every cashier. How you doing today? <laughs> everybody, every, absolutely everybody. How you doing today? Every time. So if there's one thing I learned from Scotty, it was that just you know, <laughs> talk to people. Talk with people. Yeah. Now, we had, you know, just a little side story. We were in endless Nevada. God, we spent three or four days crossing the deserts of Nevada, and it was a long, hot day. It was. 
we had come down off this one mountain pass and we were getting gas and I noticed that my gas tank was light. I got a big six gallon tank on yep. my XR and it's got these two struts in the front and one of them had snapped clean off. Wow. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So I tear my bike all down and I got it all in pieces and I got the two parts in my hand and this guy in his pickup truck parts pulls up on the other side of the road. And he says, what's going on? I said, <laughs> so I show him the broken parts. And he said, oh, go around the corner. There's this ag place, you know, tractors. Tractor dealer, yeah. Tractor dealer. And he said, there's this kid out back who, who went to welding Mike. school. Go see him, and he can fix that. <laughs> you know, there's steel. So Scotty pops the parts in his pocket and rides off around the corner. 20 minutes later, he comes back with this perfectly re-welded bracket. Wow. And he said, did charge you for it? Nope, nothing. Yeah. You know, fixed it for nothing. You know, so I get my bike all put back together, and we go down the road, and we, we found this little RV campground that had a beautiful little uh, grassy, grassy spot, area, little grassy tent, area yep. for us to tent. And the owner, the proprietor of the place, was a wonderful woman from South America, South Africa, South Africa, who yeah. had got come there on a boat and been partially denied entry to the U.S. And this this whole day was like this. Yeah. And then we were setting up our tents, and these two women from the pavilion in the RV park come over and say, "Hey, when you guys get your tent set up." Come over. We got beer and food, and we're like, oh, oh beer. sweet, Anybody sweet like? mana Maybe from like. sweet mana from heaven. They're gonna feed us. <laughs> so <laughs> we, you know, we wash our face and hands and put on clean shirts, and yeah. we go over and and we ate like kings. Yeah, you know, and they just these wonderful folks would share their what, food. What with state us. was this? This is Nevada. We were oh, in Oregon. Yeah. No, it was Oregon. Was that Oregon? This was Oregon. Yeah. Oh, okay. You sure that wasn't Field Station? You're thinking about? No. Oh, that's another. Oh, that's another story. Well, that too. night at Field Station was interesting. And, uh, no, that was that was Oregon. That campground was in Oregon. Was it? Oh, okay. and, I can't and, remember. Can I just say I'm, uh, I'm pronouncing it correctly? Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. No, Oregon. For no don't say that. I always say Oregon. No, no, no. Don't Oregon. say it that way. But, you know, it's just yeah. that, that warmth of strangers and to, to you know, leave yourself to be open to the, the warmth of strangers and, yeah. and the help that people can give you mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're doing a trip like that. I think you guys have done like an hour, even though people don't know it. Uh, so I'm going to sign off for now, and then mm -hmm. we're just going to try our best to record that magical opening story. <laughs> or something okay. just record because right now they don't even know who each of you guys okay. are because we haven't introduced <laughs> so you should add this into the beginning right okay there may be an edit through the magic of editing <laughs> we're going to make these guys all right uh, any closing remarks that you wanted to um no, I don't think so. You know, and we're gonna do, we're notes. gonna do this again. We have to absolutely. Because, oh, yeah, I think we need to do much, this. Too much time. I want to hear about his his uh, his enduro riding because mm, yeah. Scott's an enduro champion. <laughs> uh, team Team Red Bull KTM is his backing. Gas, <laughs> gas. <laughs> I'll, I'll put Red. his number in the show notes. So you guys can call him for a sponsorship. Yeah. And we got to talk about you know the doing the uh, Flatlander in one day. Brian's yeah, still we okay do. With we, that. Yeah, we need yeah. one more session. Yeah, yeah, I think another hour would be good. But like maybe yeah. after riding season starts, you know, maybe after a day of riding, we come over and record for forty five yeah. minutes or something. Yeah, sure, um, absolutely. Well, uh, so no remarks from you, Scott, that you wanted to add before we sign off. Uh, no, not really. Ending. I mean, no, we. Uh, no, not really. I mean, we've okay. kind of covered everything. Go out and ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, ride. hopefully it's in. Our, it, it's, I'm, ca I'm calling it now. It's early spring. It's Ooh. No, just I'm, every I'm day that ugly it. white in, stuff melts. I'm happy. Oh it's, and it's yeah. March 7th. I know. It's crazy. And it could go, it could go, you know, it could get cold and snow. It's not I, going to. I no. saw Heather, if no. I put insurance on the GS, that means it's starting and I'm going to, I'm committed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be out there and all this shit. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think it's an early spring. I mean, okay. things are drying. I'm in, I'm in construction now. So yeah. I'm out, you know, I'm on the right yeah. of way. I see things and it's, it's, it's drying. You know, yeah. it's, 
it's kind of melted already and we're in the drying phase. I mean, well, I know it could get see. cold. We, we could get snow, but I'm just, I'm calling it now. It's done. We're, we're it's early <laughs> spring. I'm calling Which it. Pe- so, people that aren't, because the thing is we were in, we were driving <clears throat> to DC two weeks ago. It was like 10 degrees here and just awful conditions. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we crossed into Connecticut, they were in spring. Oh yeah. It's weird. Oh yeah. Like, yeah so people, people not where we live are like, what are you talking about? It's early spring. It's fucking March. But like, yeah. really, really, it's yeah. for us. This is crazy weather. It was yeah. like sixty degrees on Tuesday. Yeah, I was yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. sixty on Monday and warm Tuesday. We're, oh, it's yeah. warm oh, from man. here on out. It's, I'm, like I said, I'm calling it. It's we're, we're looking. I'm on board. Summer. I'm on yeah. board. Oh yeah, it'd be great to do. I like, get myself start. another bike now. Yeah, that's all. You just have to get another yeah, roadworthy bike. Yeah. Uh, do you, you want to mention what bike you would like to get, and then we can ca- check back in in three or four months. Oh yeah, I really want a Husky Seven Hundred One. Yeah, that's what I want. Will I get one? But they, but in this the enduro model, not supermoto. You would get the yeah the enduro model. The yeah. yeah yeah the husky seven hundred one. I just it's 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 not big. It's not small. I mean, it fits. Wouldn't you agree? And yeah, yeah. Be on a no, bike it'd, be, like it'd be great because yeah. you're a tall guy. It's a yeah. tall bike. I so. think it'd be perfect. Yeah. You're just trying to show up, Harry, who has a six ninety KTM. You just want to have a couple more CCs. Oh yeah, on <laughs> something a little bit six ninety seven hundred one. It's the same yeah. engine. Yeah, I know. Husky, and now husky gas gas KTM. Yeah, all same company. It's all Mother merged. KTMs. Yeah yeah. So I have a deposit on a 21 That's Yamaha right. uh, Tenere 700. So you should have it by the time we come back? I, you know, Yamaha's made no promises. All okay. they say is early summer, so nobody and knows. And the way you're doing it, basically, a dealer's happy to take your 500 bucks and put mm-hmm. you in the order bank first, but the, you, don't have, you, don't have an order, you don't have a VIN number yet because they're not being No, and, they, and the dealers only just put their order. The ordering system only became live, I think, March 1st. Okay. So they've only just put their orders in. And that doesn't guarantee they're going to get that bike. No, it doesn't. And if, if there are any delays in manufacturing with China slowing down, yeah. I don't know if that's going to affect it. Did you put all your so. eggs in one basket and do just one dealer? Yeah, just okay. with just with moms because I was yeah, first in yeah. line. Everybody else I called already oh. had depo- several deposits, oh, okay. several people in line. Okay. But when I called moms in Manchester, they're a fairly recent Yamaha dealer. Yeah. They said, "Oh no, you're the first one to put a deposit down." I was like, "Huh? Okay." So I get the first <laughs> one that they get. So cool. we'll see. Awesome. Well, and I don't um, know when. So then we'll I'll see. wrap it up, and we're gonna do everyone a favor and record the first fifteen minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>